We are actually finishing today the Gospel of Luke after four, four years. Yeah. So Christmas time. Christmas time. I'll tell you about Christmas time for me growing up. I used to love Christmas Day. I used to be excited about it as a child in the 80s and 90s from probably about the 23rd of November, which was the day after my birthday. Uh, I started getting excited about it. And then on the night of Christmas, and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't sleep. You know, it's quite standard, I guess, child behavior. But it was a day where we did remember Jesus. We got up in the morning and we exchanged gifts. And we exchanged gifts to remember the gift that God so loved the world that he gave his son. We then went to the local Presbyterian church where the minister was a lovely guy. He used to make a big deal with the kids and he would remind us on no uncertain terms that Christmas was about Jesus. First and foremost, I guess that's my job today. We then used to visit the hospital, which is a nice thing to do. Uh, And then we would see family and everyone would be hugging everyone and everyone would be happy. And as Ruth reminded us earlier about making room for the Lord, let's make sure we do that this Christmas. Because I saw a great company of this nation, Marks and Spencers, this year. I don't know if you've noticed their advert. They've taken Christ out of Christmas and they've changed it to thismas. This took Jesus straight out. I'm not too happy about that. So today, let's remember him. So Luke chapter 2. We're not starting again. Don't worry. <laughs> Just reminding you about the Christmas story. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. That's the Christmas story that you're, I'm sure you're all familiar with. There were, there were shepherds on scene, people who were disdained, I guess, by society, but they were some of the first people to find out about this wonderful gift. Because some years later, some wise men came. They weren't there at the birth. A couple of years later, the wise men came. So shepherds, wise men, all types of people. This is the gift. But I didn't understand this gift until I was actually 21. Uh, didn't understand it. And I'll tell you about another gift I was given. As I was leaving home, my dad got me a toolbox. And as some of you know, I'm not the most gifted DIY man. Earlier on, Justin was teaching me how to untangle wires. I mean, it's, I'm, not, I'm not that sharp on it. But he got me this toolbox, and I had to learn how to use these tools. So I opened up the toolbox, and yeah, I can see, I know what a hammer's for. It was this thing with a bubble in it that went up and down. I don't know what that's for. Turns out it's a spirit level. These little bendy key things, Allen keys. I had to learn what the toolbox was for and how to use it. And we've spent four years as a church opening this gift together, studying the gift of Jesus, because he didn't stay in the manger long. He became a refugee early on in his life. He was taken to (laughs) Egypt because Herod wanted to kill him. You know the story. He trained in his father's business and became a carpenter. He had disciples 
from different backgrounds, and he loved them. They were his friends. He taught them how to follow God. He taught them about the need to change direction, that we're all running away from God, and he calls us to turn around and come, come back home. Hi, son. <laughs> he healed people of all kinds of diseases. Bye, son. <laughs> and he generally did good to all people, and yet he was betrayed and killed. And last week we looked at how he rose from the dead. And we pick up the story there. So I'm going to read to you some of the last words that Jesus spoke. They're precious. Then he said to them, she's about 33 years of age here, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. So, these words are being spoken to his disciples. These disciples, I sympathize with the disciples because I think they would have been in a little bit of a tiz. Some years ago, um, one of my sons was with me at the New Day uh, Youth Festival. And we were with um, this group of Latvians who'd come with us on the trip. And they, they got this big plastic sheet out and they put it on the grass and they covered it with water and soap. And they were skidding around on it. This is what you tend to do. And then these, 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 these guys decided it'd be fun to all charge at it at once and skid. And we were talking 15 of them. And as I was watching them do this, I noticed that I, being a good father, had noticed, not noticed my son leave. And he was running towards the sheet. The Latvians are coming this way. It doesn't really matter about their nationality. The teenagers were coming this way. And my son's going this way. And I'm thinking, oh, this, this, my, my thoughts are, the thoughts I remember are, he's going to get crushed by these teenagers. My next memory is I'm beside a fence. And I was in a tiz. I didn't know what had happened. And I needed someone to come and gently explain to me that as I had tried to save my son, Jesus is a good savior and I'm not, he, I'd run, slipped on the soap, fallen, and got knocked out by a knee. Uh, knocked out unconscious. My next memory is beside the fence. And someone came and lovingly said to me what had happened and how thankfully somebody else had rescued my son. And <laughs> he's, he's alive to this day. And, and that I'd been knocked out. I had to stay still because I was concussed. Um, but these disciples, if you just picture them for a second, they've seen Jesus do miracles. They've seen him do miracles. They'd actually thought that Jesus was going to liberate them from Roman rule. And then they see their, their Lord taken from them. They'd be in the manger. He's now a man. He's taken from them. He's killed on a cross. This is devastating for them. 
they're associated with them, so they all run away, terrified. They find out that his body's gone missing, and now he stands before them alive. Wouldn't you be in a tiz? <laughs> in a tiz. And Jesus, in his kindness, speaks to them. It's like, guys, guys, listen, listen. Everything that has happened is part of the plan of God. He said, everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, that's your Old Testament, everything written about me has to happen. And then he kindly opens their minds to understand the scriptures, understand the story. Because in understanding what had happened with my son and, and, and the teenagers, peace came to me. <laughs> And he brings them understanding. Like, do you understand, guys, that before the manger, I existed? I was in the beginning with God the Father, creating all things. And the world is a beautiful place. Did a good job making the world. It's beautiful things, mountains, valleys, the Milky Way, birds, bees, male, female, newborn babies, the human eye. <laughs> Makes beautiful things. Do you understand that, disciples? Do we understand that? In the beginning was God, not nothing. And do you understand that the reason why the world has got the pain and the suffering in it is because of a dreadful fall? Last summer when we were saying goodbye to Harriet, our daughter had a really nasty fall at, at Knighton Park and she fell and her poor little knee was split open and she had to have stitches. It was a horrible fall. And just this week uh, in uh, my, my workplace, uh, this lady was with me and I had to write a letter to her doctor. She stood up, shook my hand, and she fell. This was Thursday. And she bashed her head on my wall and she twisted her ankle. She fell. It's horrible. She fell. And do you understand that mankind has fallen and that's why this world is the way this world is. Do we understand that? Do we understand that? The reason why we have war and pain and disease and crime and death and hell is because of this fall. When mankind said no to God, replacing themselves with God, and it's been catastrophic. Do you understand that you can't pick yourself up? I remember this lady in my room me a few days ago she said help me up I can't get up she couldn't get up herself so we phoned the paramedics and they said don't touch her don't 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 pick her up don't pick her up and they came they couldn't get themselves he goes do you understand that I had to come as a baby in that manger and become the man and become the one who dies because you can't get up yourself. Dennis's word was a beautiful illustration of that with the scales. Cannot get up ourselves. Do you understand that in order to reverse this, the Christ should suffer, he had to come in to this world that has fallen and experience the pain and suffering of the curse himself. You know, Jesus was hated. I don't know if you've read the story where the people are cheering for his death. Cheering for his death. Desiring his death. They hated him. And in our nation, he is loved by some and his name is used as a, as a, as a curse word. He is hated even today. 
he is betrayed, sold for 30 pieces of silver by one of his brothers, Judas. He is denied by one of his three best friends. Imagine one of your best friends pretending they don't know you. He has lied about and he is beaten and he suffers. It says to them, do you understand that the Christ should die? That the penalty for this fall, the penalty for this fall is death. And he comes and he dies instead of us. He is a kind, loving God and there's nothing like it anywhere else. And on the third day, he should raise from the dead. Bible says he was delivered up for our trespasses, our sins, and raised for our justification. That because of what he did, because of what he did, he takes our sin and we get his righteousness. He destroys death's power. He stands before them alive. Norman looked last week how the scientific method was gone through. All the senses showed he is risen from the dead. And he's saying to his disciples, this is your hope too. All these disciples are going to die for this, but there's a resurrection. My friend uh, Marcellus, I told you about him two weeks ago. His little daughter, eight years old, dies last year. And then he preaches the gospel to us and says, I have hope in life and death because this baby in the manger went on to destroy death. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And he says that repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Do you understand that I didn't come to liberate you from Roman rule? I came to liberate you from sin. And sin is something that, uh, that is just so serious. Like, I remember during the COVID pandemic, people were really worried about catching COVID. I understand why. And they were worried about spreading it. And I understand why. But this disease of sin is so awful that the Christ had to come. Remember that song? Are we singing Hark the Herald today? Tonight. Come tonight. We're going to sing Hark the Herald. My favorite carol. Hark the Herald. Angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Forgiveness of sins. And this is to be proclaimed in his name. The greatest need for humanity is not religion, it's forgiveness. And forgiveness is found only in one name. The Lord Jesus Christ. And it's to be proclaimed to all the nations. You know, in this little church in, in Suffolk, we have nine nations, I think. Northern Ireland... Few English people, Wales, Ukraine, Nigeria, South Africa, Brazil, uh, Philippines, and there's one more that I've. Belgium! Oh, great to have you. Belgium. Ten nations. Argentina? Uh, Holland. Excellent. For all nations. And he says to them, you are witnesses of these things. Because these disciples, these disciples are the ones who have seen him before he went to the cross. They've seen his death and they've seen him resurrected. And you're to tell people about this. And I want to tell you something about these disciples. 
They were not stupid men. If you read their words, which are in your New Testament, you will see they are very coherent men. And they, all but one of them, die for this. There's not that much that I would die for, and I'd have to be pretty sure about it. But you are my witnesses about this. You're going to deliver this present to the world. And I just imagine them thinking to themselves, us, we all ran away. We literally all ran away. Peter, I'm going to go with you to, to prison. I'm going to go with you to death. Denies him three times. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. These are the guys. And yet the Christian message, the church spreads over 1,400 miles in the first 30 years from Jerusalem to Rome. These disciples turn the world upside down with this message. How do they do that? This is very important for Kingsgate Church. I know we've got some visitors here today. Jesus has opened their mind to understand the scriptures. We are to be a church of the word of God. The word of God is our highest authority. We don't listen to what the world says. We listen to what the Bible says. We are people of the word of God. And we are to be a people of the spirit of God. We are to be a word church, a spirit church. Because that's what Jesus wanted for the first century embryonic church. Listen to this. You're my witnesses. Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. Stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Now, basically he's saying to them, you've got to wait. Do you like waiting? Anyone like waiting? It's really annoying people in, a, in those queues in, in, in America where they pay money to bunk the queue. No one likes waiting. As a child, I remember the Christmas tree, going up to the, going up to the Christmas tree and no, one, no one's looking. Just have a little look here. Take one of my presents, go off and shake it. Maybe just open a little corner. Again, hope it's not another dressing gown from Granny Doreen. <laughs> I wanted to know what I had. I didn't want to. I didn't want to wait. And our generation doesn't like to wait. Our genera- does, generation doesn't like to wait for things. They don't want to wait till they, uh, I don't say, have sex. They just jump straight in rather than marriage. They don't want to. Don't want to wait till they can afford something. We stick it on a credit card. We don't even like waiting when we click the uh, click the app on our phone that doesn't immediately open up. We don't like to wait. You see in Bolt, I read this in a modern commentary, you see in Bolt, the great sprinter, 2011. He was in the uh, world championship finals. He was the fastest man on the earth. He's ready to run. Everyone's beside him. And he goes. And then, bang. The pistol shoots after he's gone. He didn't wait. Disqualified. Lost. If the early church had gotten on with the mission without the power of the Holy Spirit, they would have been crushed. And Kingsgate, if we go about mission without the power of the Holy Spirit, we will not achieve anything. Because the Bible says, without me, you can do nothing. Coming to the last words of Luke. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. 
And while he blessed them, he parted from them and he was carried up into heaven. That's called the ascension. Jesus Christ is now at the right hand of the Father, interceding for his church. The disciples are left and they wait. Ten days pass. It says in Acts 2, this is the next part of Luke's work, they were all together in one place, waiting ten days. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Listen to this. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's first century church. Understand the word. You're going to go and you're going to share this message of Christmas all over the world. Wait till you're closed with power from on high. The people who are watching this think, these guys are absolutely crazy. They think they're drunk. Peter, he understands the word of God now. He's now filled with the Holy Spirit's power. He stands up. These men and women, they're not drunk the way you think they're drunk. But this is what the prophet Joel said was going to happen. You familiar with the prophet Joel? In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your sons and your daughters are going to be full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is important, because I have experienced the gift of, of Christmas. <laughs> uh, I've experienced the salvation that Jesus brings. I was 21, I had this, this experience of, of conviction, which I, I realized, I saw who I really was. I saw, oh, you know, I've done some bad things. <laughs> and I, I asked God for, for mercy. I started reading, I uh, started reading um, his word, and I started to under, understand the story a little bit. But there was a really important moment for me where a, a gentleman called Paul, who I didn't know, he'd, he'd popped down to visit the church from, from Birmingham. I'd never met him in my life, and I didn't know anything about this stuff. I'd never read the book of Acts, for example. And he just said to me, what's, what's your name? I said, uh, my name's David. And then he told me, he told me all about what was going on in my mind, because I, I was having some serious mind struggles, shall we say, at the time. Nobody knew about this. I, was, I think I was engaged to Anna at the time, or, or I was dating Anna at the time. Anna didn't know about this. N nobody knew about this. But this guy, this guy knew about this. <laughs> And he prayed for me, and he said that what you're going through, you're going to be completely delivered from. And I can tell you that, I can tell you that that was, that was 19 years ago, and from that moment, gone. It's an unusual story, but hey, it was the, I saw the power of God in that moment. And it made me thirsty for these things. It made me thirsty for the power and presence of God, not to get thrills, but to bless.
the early church filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter then, he's now had his mind open to understand the word. He goes through the word of God with all those people there on that day. And they are cut to the heart because all of a sudden they see who they are and they see we have fallen and just like the lady in my consulting room, we can't get up ourselves. We can't get up ourselves. The paramedics came in, like I said. Jesus came into the world. These guys, what do we do? And Peter says, repent. Change direction. Put your trust in Jesus. The gift in the manger, he became the man who died and rose. Put your, put your trust in him. And 3,000 people are added to the church on that day. You see the difference and understanding of the word of God and being full of the spirit of God made to Peter, made to the early church? Do we want that here? An understanding of the word of God? A filling of the spirit of God? He does. Bringing things into to land today. Have we got any more, any more music? Yeah. Perhaps we can get the band ready. That would be great. Right. Some of you here have come as guests, and we're really glad you came. I hope you've enjoyed the service. I hope, I hope, I hope you've, you've seen our heart in terms of wanting to enjoy God and, and just share, share with, with you a little bit of what we've experienced. And I wanted to tell you that when I was inquiring about this stuff, I actually looked into different faiths as well. And I actually did something called the Alpha Course here. Because I wanted to know what is this, what, who is God? And I want to encourage you. We are running an Alpha Course in January in the Howard Estate. If you're not too sure about these things and you want to just, just explore and see, is there actually truth in what David is saying at the front? Maybe you're like the lady in my room who fell over and knows they've fallen and knows they need help getting up. And you want to know, is this Jesus? Is he, is he who they're actually saying he is? I would encourage you to sign up to that uh, before you go. You can talk to me about that or you can talk to Jenny about that or whoever brought you. You can talk to them about that. I encourage you in that. The second thing we're going to ask people to respond to today is, is this gospel of repentance is to be preached to all nations now repentance is a change of direction it's a change of direction it doesn't mean you instantly turn into a a mature christian when you repent it's a change of direction when i teach my children to repent i tell them to walk one way like this and i say repent and they turn so they go the other way if you want to turn direction you know you've gone away from god you know you've fallen over and you're ready to give your life over to this Lord, I'm going to encourage you that during this worship time, come to the front, and we're going to pray for you. Okay? The next thing I'd love to pray for you is this. Emmanuel, God is with us. If you are a Christian and you want to know his presence with you this Christmas, we want to pray for you too. Emmanuel, God is with us. And brothers and sisters, church, Kingsgate, Kingsgate Church, we are to be a church full of the Holy Spirit. If you are dry, if you are feeling dry and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we want to pray for you. Whether that's your first time or not, the difference 
The difference it made to that early church was amazing. The difference it made to me is incredible. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come to the front. We're going to pray for you. So coming to Jesus in repentance, a sense of Jesus with you this Christmas, or to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the front of the church is open. Come on down and we'll pray for you. And remember, regularly people say to me, I wish I'd responded. Don't leave wishing you'd responded. Just come to the front. That'll be wonderful. Thank you. There is a name who reigns without contention. There is a name who reigns without contention. Whose power can't be questioned or we 